0: What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project podcast, another foiling series episode. Uh, today's guest is Paul Burnett. He is PB from Lost Boys Foil Club, and he's been on the show before. So uh, I think that everybody loved his first episode. Going back probably about four or five months at this point, we talked a lot about uh, toe foiling. He gave a lot of tips on uh, jet ski whip-ins, uh, foiling bigger surf, uh, the wings of the ride and all that stuff. And and we kind of go a little deeper into all of that today. Uh, he started off the show today <laughs> uh, with a, uh, a a follow-up to the James Casey story about PB in the tow session when they left a man. Out at sea and he wanted to come in and and give his side of that story which is a little different Um, but it's classic I think you'll laugh a lot during this episode I was I was cracking up the whole time Um, PB's a riot he's awesome it was great to have him back on the show and I learned a lot from him as I always do you know he he is an incredible surf coach and he started sending me some pointers in my surfing. I love constructive feedback and his expertise has helped me out a good bit already. And that was another reason I wanted to get him back on the show is to talk some of these technique and styling. You know, the Jack from town episode, when we talked style, got a ton of uh, positive feedback and kind of started that style conversation in some areas. And PB has been hitting me with a lot of technique a lot of arm technique and foot placement and some other stuff like that And so I thought it'd be fun to get him on the show to go through that. So very cool Uh, Exciting day for me today. The stealth 200 is on its way FedEx says it's gonna be delivered at some point We got a low tide at 4 o'clock. It's 1230 right now Which means that if I can get it in the next couple hours I can get out there and test it today because surf's gonna be like two foot and super clean. So Uh, i went with the 200 instead of the 175 i figured you know with a wetsuit on right now i'm probably 200 pounds pretty easy figured it'd probably be the right call um although the other day i was towing on my son's 150 and i had a great session on it yeah it was bigger surf it was probably four foot at 13 seconds so we were on an offshore bank which adds a lot of energy to it somehow and, um, that wing was like perfectly sized for that. So I hope the 200 is, uh, is the right size. We'll see. I'll let y'all know. Um, uh, so for, this is interesting after the Jason podcast, foil fever podcast, um, that really opened up how I was approaching surfing waves. And I've heard that now from a lot of folks who have listened to that, the, kind of surfier feel, slowing down to stay in the pocket, down carves, all of that. My uh, my Instagram DMs have been blowing up with folks that have been appreciative for the insight that Jason Jason shared on, on that show. So Jason, thanks again, dude, for that. And uh, we'll continue kind of diving into more progression in pocket foiling. It seems like people are liking that. A lot of feedback has been that people are hitting I don't know if it was Jason calling out cojones for hitting the, for hitting the pocket and everyone's like, well, now I got to do it. But everyone's saying that they are, man, I'm looking out back right now. There's a bunch of dolphins right out back. It's so cool. So cool. Um, But a lot of people are saying that they're hitting the pocket way better, uh, hitting the lip, the whitewash way better now um, after hearing that show. And I know that I am too. So Jason, thanks dude. And very cool. Um, If there are topics that you want me to cover on the show, We've got a bunch of fun guests coming up. Adam Bennett is making a return, hopefully this week. Adrian from Axis has been, we've been missing a bunch lately, but we're we're trying to line that one up. So if there are topics you want me to go through with these experts that are coming up on the show, please send me a message and I'll take a note and um, we'll try to get those. So, all right, uh, let's dive into it. We got PB from Lost Boys Foil Club on the show today. I think you guys are going to dig it, and as always, thanks for tuning in and all the, uh, the great feedback and everything. Paul, thanks for coming back on the show, man. How's everything?
1: Uh, thanks for having me back, and uh, yeah, everything's great. Uh, the world is a wonderful place, as you know, and uh, as a teacher, I've just uh, – li- nearly at the end of six weeks' holiday – uh, which, as you can imagine, I have uh, spent a little bit of time in the water, um, making my skills a little better, which is good. And, uh, yeah, the world is wonderful. Epic. You wanted to
0: start out the show with something today. What's that?
1: <laughs> Garen, <laughs> in, in your last uh, talk with the great Messiah, i.e. a.k.a. James Casey, you, James threw me under the bus big time which was which was funny I had a big laugh about it but uh, I did want to, to uh clarify a couple of things uh that uh, about about leaving
0: your friend out at sea
1: that's the one <laughs> yeah and at least, okay <laughs> and at least makes me feel better about myself I don't know about woolly <laughs> yeah James told the story about uh <laughs> we were at our, our local toast spot and uh and, uh, we took three guys out, um, on the one ski. So we were, you know, you'd tow one guy in and then, um, go back out, get your mate, tow him in and then go find the, the first guy and then take him back out. And so you, you, you're rotating around and because, uh, because of the nature of foiling, like, you know, I've been toe surfing, uh, for, for, you know, 20 years now and, uh, and, you know most of the time you're following the guy in and 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 you you don't have too much trouble finding them but because of the nature of foiling you know you don't necessarily follow the wave to where it has to be because you might find a little lump and off you go in a different direction and so when when you've done that when you're toe foiling and you you go back out you get your your mate onto the next one and then you know he'll ride that and then you go looking for your mate he's not necessarily where you where the wave itself ends because he might have just followed a little bump somewhere else anyway so we're out there with um uh, maddie granger and and woolly sean Woolner, and uh i've gone in i can't find sean anywhere and and i'm i'm going back in and out and 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 like we've got a fair size area to cover you know it might be i don't know uh in you guys speak maybe (laughs) half half a kilometer in each direction so you know i don't know what that makes it i should know i'm a math teacher but anyway there's a fair there's a fair amount of area that we've got to cover to find somebody if you if you're not uh if you haven't followed him in on the way and uh Anyway I couldn't find Willie and I'm going in and out in and out and um, couldn't find him and uh anyway and so finally I think well I'll pick up Matt and you know while we're you know going around and Matt Matt'll be up on the on the foil at the back he'll get you know he'll have better sight and um and you know we'll be able to to pick up Sean anyway, we've gone in and I've taken um, Matt back out, you know, because we couldn't see him anywhere, and Matt's caught another wave and and I've gone in with Matt, and I'm still looking for Sean at the same time anyway, bottom line is Matt tells me that he's seen Woolly walking up the hill because like from where where we surf we've got a um uh, from where the wave finishes most of the time it's maybe a hundred meters to a little beach, and then there's um, uh, a walkway up a hill, and then a half—it'd uh, be a half, half a uh, half a mile walk back to the car. And Matt told me that he saw Sean walking up the hill, and I've gone, oh, I wonder what's happened with Sean. And so we thought, oh, you know, maybe you know he's been hit by the foil and and um or, or something, and he's obviously not that badly injured that that there's a problem, problem because Matt's seen him walking up the hill, and. <laughs> <laughs> Continued to have our session for the next hour or so <laughs> And then we got into the beach and Sean has is is like wet in the in the shower session that we've had and we've gone, Oh Sean, where have you been? And he's gone, You bastard, you've you've gone past me about four times and you're looking the other way and didn't see me. He goes I got I got caught in this current and got taken out to sea. Oh god. <laughs> and, and it wasn't even that big. It it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't yeah, it it was, it was probably shoulder height. Like it wasn't you know, huge or anything. But he but he said it he was in this current in this rip and he got taken out to sea a bit and it took him 45 minutes to paddle in. And so he had literally just gotten in when we had <laughs> when <laughs> we finished our session and uh he's he's just spewing, as you would be but like <laughs> i'm gone it's not my fault matt told me you were walking up the hill oh, and as james did allude to my eyes aren't good enough to know whether um, sean was walking up the hill or not i just see blobs in the distance God. so it was like oh oops, sorry sean He's just looking at me going, shaking his head but yes it wasn't my it wasn't my fault
0: has he uh, has he towed with you again since
1: uh, I, I haven't actually seen him since then so maybe he's made himself scarce as James alluded to
0: oh man <laughs> uh, what you touched on there is super important though in the other day we were towing and it, it was like a chest chest high day we were out one of the banks that we will tow here pretty regularly and i was with uh, my son damo uh, my buddy mike pedigo and another buddy maddie and it was the first time we had done four four folks out there and so we were doing basically my son's so light that we can do doubles with him so mike and i or or uh, mike and i could be up with damo at the same time behind behind the boat and you know we would drop rope and if i went right and damo went left which we were trying to stay together but you know, every once in a while, you'd kind of catch separate bumps. You could end up a half mile apart. And oh, so, the, yeah, and the driver, we had we had talked about it ahead of time, and the dr- driver was going to stay with my son because he's 11. Um, but I had one, one moment there where I was sitting in probably, I mean, I would say it's pretty safe water, but it's also an inlet that's known for some, some bull shark activity. Um, yes. About 20 minutes just sitting there, just come on, guys. <laughs> you know i could see them whipping around towing each other in um yeah. a little disheartening but it but it's really crazy how you as a driver as a ski driver you really got to pay attention um, yeah
1: yeah hey you, you, your story there just reminded me of a good story uh we were double towing at an uh, uh same spot um uh at another another occasion and um i've um I'm I'm towing, and there was James and uh, Matt again. Anyway, and I just towed them in. Uh, I mean, they, they were both uh, um, on the inside, and we had two ropes out. So I said, hey, let's double rope back out. And so we were just organising that. And as you would understand, that takes a little bit of organisation to get both guys ready and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so as as they're getting themselves prepared, I've looked in front of me, and like literally right at the front of the ski, up pops a shark, and <laughs> uh, and it was like, you know, a meter in front of the ski, and I, I don't know, yeah, you know, I don't know, it was six seven feet or whatever it was, and it was heading off in a direction away from the boys. So I, I looked back to see if they were ready and they weren't ready yet and so I thought, okay, well I won't say anything. And then and then <laughs> came up again, about ten feet away, uh, a little bit to the <laughs> to my right. But this time it's turned around and it's coming back. And I've looked back and the boys are ready. And I I said, You guys right? Yep. Yeah. So I got the nod, off I went. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs> gone straight over the top of it <laughs> and uh, so yeah that, that was a funny one and then just the other day I had another shark <laughs> shark experience with with james he he um he was pulling me out and I can't remember oh that's right there was something the uh a little background for people who want to toe foil um and and are putting a second foil on their on their um sled uh you've got to put the rope if you're um if you're a goofy footer and you're going to be on the right hand side of the the ski then the rope's obviously got to be on the right hand side of the foil and vice versa if you're a natural footer you're going to be on the left hand side of the ski and the rope needs to be on the left hand side of the foil um when we stuck um james's uh board in we'd forgotten to put the the rope in the right spot and um and I, I, I took off and, and it was pulling the, 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 the foil uh, around a bit. So I, I signaled to James to stop and, um, and so that I could flip it over. Uh, because otherwise, again, if you're if, depending on which way you're going to get up uh, onto the wave, uh, you know, it could cause an angle, an angle problem. And and we've had we've had problems where the where the, the the foil board that's on the sled might get either pulled over or even pulled out. And anyway, so we're trying to avoid that. So I say to James, "Hey, stop!" Anyway, and <laughs> he stops, and uh, you know we we sort out the thing. It takes a little bit to get it over, and then pulls out. He gets me out the back, and he said, "Did you see the shark?" I said, <laughs> "I said no," and he goes. When you told me to stop, like you'd literally gone straight over the top of one. And I think, I think when I, um, when I, uh, told him to stop, I think I just let go, um, to, you know, so that he would definitely get the idea that I wanted to stop. And he said, You're fiddling around in the water while I'm pulling the, the rope over the top of the thing. You're right on top of this shark the last time I saw it. Anyway.
0: Oh, man. You guys, uh, have you had any instances where sharks have followed foils? I know there was at the beginning; it seemed like there was going to be a big concern about it being an attractive uh, nuisance for sharks. Uh, any anything like that?
1: No, like as I've just indicated, we see them, but yeah. uh, um, haven't had any any problems with them at all. Uh, I just went to, on a trip to um, to Ningaloo Reef uh, in Exmouth in WA, like the right up north in the desert there. Uh, it's near Desert Point, um, Red Bluff, um, Nalu, whichever one of those that you want to call it, um, just north of there. And uh, we we went, uh, we did this. If, for those listening, if you ever go to an ingler reef, never, ever, ever do the um, manta ray um, dive. <laughs> Save yourself <laughs> 130 bucks and don't do it. They've got all these, you know, um, uh, uh, beautiful, beautiful posters where it's crystal clear water and, and you know, five-meter-wide manta rays and people snorkeling next to them and just they're all looking pretty. So we, we, we decide we're going to do it and there's a spotter up in the up in the air showing us where they are and you see one and it's like, quick, quick, everybody off. There's like 10 people on this big rubber ducky, uh, one of those, you know, speed rubber ducky type things that are like, what, 30 feet or something. And so we're all jumping off and like – the thing i nearly jumped on top of one by the time the bubble settled i couldn't see the thing it's it's gone it's gone somewhere else and so yeah, don't, don't go over and do that save your money <laughs> um but apparently the the whale shark and the humpback whale experience is really cool but uh, there wasn't there wasn't any uh we were there at the wrong time of year but uh um i have no idea why i just told that story but because uh, i can't remember it had something uh,
0: to do with with sharks and whether or not they're attracted to foils i think
1: Yeah, like and um that's right yeah and we we saw a couple of sharks off the um off the uh side of the boat and also the um the plane was um telling people that where there was like six um tiger sharks in the area and and at one stage, the guy's going to me, get in the, get in the boat. And I'm going, oh, I'm just waiting for this guy to get on. You know, there was another guy in front of me. And he said, uh, no, nah, do it a bit quick. <laughs> do it a bit faster. <laughs> i a word from, the, uh, from the plane <laughs> that it, there's a tiger within not too far. But, look, every time I've ever seen a shark when I've been diving or whatever, they run for the hills before, um, you know, before they even, as soon as they see you, they 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 go and and obviously people get taken by sharks and and we just had you know two two people in WA um, uh, get taken by by sharks so uh, so obviously it happens but on the most part if sharks wanted to eat people nobody would get in the water
0: yeah I, you know I, I was worried because some uh, foil can look like a like a teaser like a you know if you're tune efficient or something some of the teasers you throw out look similar yeah, yeah. to a uh to a foil I like
1: the idea that there's that there's the foil between uh between the shark and your feet yeah so you don't have your feet just dangling off the edge like if he comes in from below <laughs> he's going to get the foil first
0: <laughs> um so part of the reason I wanted to have you back on the show Paul uh is that you have been super helpful in helping me get better at foiling, specifically when it comes to breaking down technique with your background, your coaching, uh, shortboard background, some of the stylistic things that you've been able to point out have made a big difference uh, with some some subtle things that you've noticed has made it has made a pretty big difference in some of the things that I'm doing. And so I thought it would be fun to see if we could have a conversation about some of the things that you see in the space of foiling and some technique that might be able to be improved and, and, and we can extrapolate on that and talk about some of the things that carry over from surfing and some of the things that don't. And so the first tip that you gave me, which I think was, was super good, and I've been working on this one a lot lately, has to do with my front arm. And I see this in a lot of foilers and a, a lot of foilers halfway through a turn start to raise the front arm. And I didn't realize that this was bad technique. I kind of always figured that it had to do like if I was doing a frontside wraparound um, surfing, as I'm approaching like the foam section, I'm going to lift to bring up the nose. But in the foil, you don't necessarily need to do the same thing. And so that tip about keeping my front arm down has made all my turns much tighter. And I'm able to draw them out for a lot a lot farther. So instead of like maybe 180 degrees, some of my wraps now can be you know 270 degrees. the only change was really that front arm. So maybe you could talk through that and then that can be a starting point for this greater technique conversation that, uh, that hopefully we can do justice to.
1: Okay, um, remind me after I talk specifically to that point that I want to talk to a point about uh, a friend of mine that I just gave some tips to about his front foot. Um, So we'll come back to the front foot. But, yeah, the front arm. um, Look, obviously in foiling, uh, we've got, uh, as you said before, a much greater um, playground area, uh, which allows us uh, to be doing uh, turns, A, at greater speed, and B, at greater length of turn, as you just were mentioning. And if you're on a surfboard, you know that that you 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 only because you lose speed through a turn, your turn can only be a a certain length, uh, and that's guided by obviously the size of the wave, the power of the wave, um, and so um, that that length of that turn is a, is pretty much a specific length, um, guided by those things we just I just mentioned, and so. Um, and and that might last, you know, maybe two seconds. And as I said before, you, um, you because of the uh, extra drag that you get from a surfboard, you're slowing down through that turn. So if you're doing a heel rail turn, and I'm going to I'm going to talk skate language rather than surf language here because of the nature of the fact that you're not necessarily on a wave, you know, you might be heading back out and then you're doing your turn. Um, so rather than confusing people and saying, I'm doing a backhand cutback, which in my mind, um, well, sorry, a backhand cutback in surfing is actually a for, a toe rail forehand turn. Yeah. Um, and so we'll call it um, heel turn, toe, uh, t- heel rail, toe rail. So if you're doing a heel rail turn um, and you're pushing through that turn, about halfway through that turn, the board is, start to, is, is slowing down to the, to the degree that you need to unweight that front rail. Otherwise, you know, you're going to bog a rail. Um, and so you lift that front arm to allow the, the, um, the heel side rail to um, continue to turn and, and that unweights that, that rail and allows you to then, you know, maybe doing uh, 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 an off-the-phone um, or whatever it is you're going to do. But in foiling, there's no such thing as slowing down in a turn. In fact, we know we speed up in a turn. And so when you do that turn, if you want to either continue in, in the length of the turn or make a tighter arc turn we've got the ability to keep that pressure on rail and to do that you've got to have your arm and that arm has to be down and on if you're doing a heel side um, uh, cut back it's got to be down and and held on you know on on that rail because that way you keep that pressure on if you then um, as we just spoke about and what I had said to you, hey, dude, you're lifting your arm in mid-turn. And what that does is that then takes the pressure off that rail, we'll call it a rail, obviously it's the wing, but it takes the pressure off that rail and stops the turn. Um, and so um, by, by keeping that arm down and forward, it it keeps pressure on that front, the front part of your rail, which is where we need it to be, obviously, on a foil, Um, and because that keeps the foil from coming up. uh, Because a lot of, um, you know, people who have problems, uh, uh, you know, with um, breaching, uh, this is probably part of your problem. Um, Also, uh, um, oh, no, I won't go there. Uh, um, But, yeah, so keep that front.
0: I um, want to know where you were about to go.
1: (laughs) Oh no! Well, where I was about to go is uh, uh, just recently I got the new 660 um, wing from Axis Foils, and it's just a humdinger of a of a surf foil. It just it's a cracker. It's got um, gull gull um, you know gull wing shape, mm-hmm. and um, it just goes rail to rail really well. But <laughs> I somehow couldn't find my 75 mask which is my go-to size uh when i'm toe foiling and i could i only could find my 600 mask which was a 60 centimeter mask which is what i use to prone foil because obviously you know in shallower water you you hit the bottom all the time so i use a shorter mask when i'm um, prone foiling uh, but that means I'm going well I'm going lower speeds when I'm prone foiling to start with um, so uh, and to be honest my skill sets when I'm prone foiling are <laughs> pretty ordinary um, so I don't get up to the speeds that I do when I'm fo- um, toe foiling uh, and so I can get away with the shorter mass but I was really having trouble keeping uh, the board in. Um, and because I was really trying to bank the rail, but with the shorter mass I was breaching all the time So um, I was going to say that maybe uh, the other problem with your breaching might be that you got too short a mass But like I said, that was really, really that relevant
0: um, So a couple, a couple of thoughts on this one of them is you mentioned something when we were talking about this technique about being able if you keep that arm low and and for me, I, I mean I sent you some video and the difference in my connection turns, same setup everything exactly the same basically same surf the difference in connection turns was coming at it straight up coming down straight up and basically coming up and doing a full wrap 270 off the lip in a fully fluid like motion and it was really I wouldn't say simple to make the change. I mean, I was deliberately attempting to do that and and but uh it was really cool. It was such a it was such an easy fix for something that it just walked out of the water like heck yeah, that's that's awesome. But you mentioned in keeping that arm low that it helps you coming back around. And that's a piece that I don't understand yet if you could explain that.
1: Um okay. To explain that I I I'll go back and and I just want to talk to the point that you just made about it wasn't necessarily easy, but you know you've 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 done it. When I was young, like a lot of people, I think at the time, Larry Birdman was god, and I just loved his roundhouse cutback. And I I can't remember how old I was, maybe 14 or 15, but this is back in the day. You know, for for you younguns, you can close your ears for a minute, but for the old folk, you will remember that. We would go and watch surf movies that would have um, surf footage from maybe the previous season at um, in in Hawaii, and you'd go to your local uh, theatre, you know, and see some, you know, a movie, you know, whether it be Let's Go Let's Go Surfing. What's the one I'm trying to think of? Anyway, but um, Martha Liddell and Buttons Kalilio Kalani and um, and and um, Bert were you know guys that i looked up to and so i did and they were all doing the hand in the water cut back and uh so i decided that i'm going to do a hand in the water cut back like larry Ber, uh like larry bertelman and so every time i'd catch a wave i'd i'd um you know get to do my heel side cut back um and i'd be halfway through the turn and i'd realize my like i look at my hand and my hands up you know at, at Shoulder high, or wherever it was, and I've gone no, put it down. And so I'd be mid turn, I'd be putting, you know, just putting, <laughs> this and and you know, just trying this hand in the water roundhouse cutback thing. And over time, you know, I got it. And but but at first, it was like my arm wanted to be up here, and I'm going no, go down there, go down there, and <laughs> and really thinking about it. And as as um as you alluded to there. Um, the footage that uh, we subsequently looked at after the, you know, after I told you the first time about the way, uh, about the hand thing, I, I saw your connection turns, and I just went, yeah, look at that. That's just, you know, you'd fully arc that 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 thing and come right around at two seventy, rather than uh, you were normally releasing the turn. You were releasing the turn probably at, at about um, not uh, oh, maybe about one twenty, and then finishing at one forty, mm-hmm. and. Now suddenly you've got your arm down and you're still pushing through at, you know, maybe 200 to 230 or 40 and then coming and then finishing up at at, at 270. And so it was, as you say, not necessarily easy, but in a fairly quick time, you're able to get such a better turn, uh, which was really interesting uh and so now i've got to answer the question that you actually asked which i can't remember <laughs> which which was about the uh recovery so you said keeping the arm low also helps you oh, yeah. In, yeah. on on, well,
0: on recovering from that turn and and i haven't been able to spend as much time really i've only practiced this for like two days the surf's been terrible here for like the last four um so yeah
1: okay this well, weekend okay. So, yeah look if you keep that arm down like and since we've since we were chatting again, um, and I had said, now nah, keep that uh, after doing that heel side turn, and you want to come back around and do a full uh, uh a fr- um, a toe, toe side, side
0: keep yeah,
1: keep your arm down and swing it across in front of you, and that's going to help coming back into that other turn. And um, and you've gone, oh, I always thought, you know, I've got to lift my arm, um, and see, as I said. Um, before the lifting of the arm on a surfboard is all about unweighting that front rail which you have to do as you're going rail to rail but we don't have to um, unweight on a foil and so you can keep that arm down um, as you're coming across so rather than bringing it up which then releases your uh, let's okay, so now if you're going from a heel side turn and you're wanting to come back around to a toe side turn, um, you you can lift it up, which uh, which you know unweights that front rail and then swing it across. But that is surfing um, technique mm-hmm. because that's you have to do that surfing because as I say, you're unweighting that that um, heel, heel side. Um, rail so that then when you're coming around uh, it enables you to then place your weight onto your toe side rail and then you bring your arm down as you come around and then obviously if uh, you're surfing you, you're you're on the wave and you're using the, the energy of the wave uh, so then you would um, with your arms down you would then be looking at doing your bottom turn and coming up and then as, as you're coming up the wave you're lifting your arms again to unweight and then you're rocking the top turn, whatever it is that you're doing. On the foil, you you can do that, but you don't have to do that no. uh, because you've got the luxury of, you know, being above the water. So you can choose to unweight by lifting that arm and coming around, or you can choose to literally keep that arm down and swing it around, and that'll make that transition turn back the other way uh, a little quicker and, and possibly a little sharper.
0: Nice. I think that part of the reason, because after we've been talking about this, I've been going down and breaking down a lot of guys who are much better than I am video. And a lot of folks do lift the front arm at different parts of the turn. And when I was thinking about that, I think part of the reason that might be is that as we're accelerating through these turns, that forward pitching moment of the board, uh, the, you know, the, the front wing will start to pull the nose down And so you're having to keep that nose up. You know, the other thing that I changed last week, and I had gone on the record before talking about how I don't like shims, and that was when I was trying to optimize my whole game for pumping better. And I've done a lot in the last couple months of of dialing in my pumping. And so now I can pump the shimmed MFC, not quite as good as unshimmed, but the advantages in on the wave face and in surfing for me are huge with having the shim because the turns are tighter. I've got a heavier front foot feel, which is letting me, I think, partially keep that hand lower because I, I'm not having to hold the nose up through the turns anymore. It's like yeah. I, I'm starting to like – at the beginning, I liked having a lot of like kind of front foot pressure, a lot of lift – and then I went to like a liking a neutral wing more. And I think I'm going back now to liking more front foot pressure because I think it lets you drive. It, it basically is the way I was looking at the shims, and this is interesting. I don't know if you've thought about this, Paul, or if you do any shimming. It's like you can change the rocker of your board with the shim, essentially, to where it wants to turn more. And we know that turns are accelerating, but the natural arc of the wing shimmed is going to be a tighter radius turn. So if you're spending more time turning, you're going to come around those turns a lot faster with that upward angle. And I'd love for Kane or somebody who's who knows this stuff better than I do, if I'm wrong on any of this, to chime in and uh, hit me up, and I'll make any corrections. But that's what I'm feeling right now, and I I like that. Fr- Go ahead.
1: I was just saying, uh, Kane's the professor. We should be calling <laughs> him the professor. <laughs>
0: um but i'm liking that front foot pressure because it's it's allowing it's allowing those turns to uh to naturally happen um you been playing around with anything like that
1: um yeah back look one of the things that that i've uh that i've found and i look at and um you know i've it, 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 one of the great things about this sport that we're involved in is it's so new, and there's so many people with so many good ideas, and so much happening that all of it starts spinning around in your head as to which which one should be applicable to you, which one uh, you know will help you, or maybe some of them will hinder you, or whatever. Um, I, one of the things that for me, whenever I've tried those flat back wing, um, uh, back tail wings, I find that. Like I don't like your, uh, and one of the one of the for me probably the most commented that I get on on the videos that we put up that are of me, is the speed that I'm going, and I, I you know I'm basically writing that except for James who's on Gofoil, the rest of the Lost Boys uh, and Tom who's now on um, Armstrong, but the rest of the Lost Boys pretty much is. Um, um, Axis, and so similar equipment, um, and so I've asked myself, what, why, why do I go faster necessarily than the other guys? Um, and I think part of it is uh, that arm um, arm down thing. Like I've got the Larry Bur- <laughs> the Larry Bird on front arm, and, and it really helps me to to get longevity of turn at um, at maximum speed. Uh, part of me wants to cut that because I, I when we go out with James and he's just rocking those turns that he's freaking doing. He is just going ballistic. Um, if the, you last, the last if you video haven't is insane. Posted yesterday. I know you have because I saw that you liked yeah. it. But for anybody else, um, and obviously yesterday won't be yesterday by the time this comes out. But if you look at anything that James is in in our videos. The, the turns that he is doing and the tightness of the arc that he's getting, especially at super speed, like we were out in a session last week. It's, it doesn't look it in the video, but it was like at least double overhead. There was some triple overhead waves. But James was just approaching it like it was, you know, two foot. He's doing his bottom turn and then that uh, rail grab top turn that he's doing like it's it's like it's a um um a vertical cutback and uh he's just got that thing on lock and it's so impressive to watch the tightness of the arc that he's pulling at at the speeds that he's pulling it and uh i know that didn't answer your question but uh, if, if anybody wants a lesson in a lesson in foiling, watch whatever he posts of James or whatever he posts of himself, and uh, yeah, just spend spend some time there.
0: Um, you told me to remind you about helping out a friend with some tips to tell that uh, yeah, story.
1: The the it was a young guy, and he was he was standing with his. Front foot at ninety degrees. and by ninety degrees, I mean ninety degrees to the center line of the board. Mm-hmm. And um, look, there's plenty of surfers who who do that and and do it successfully. but I noticed that for him and and some and one of the problems with you know talking technique is that what works for some might not work for others, but his front foot was at ninety, which meant that his hips, were really straight. There was no um, slight angle um, or opening up of the hips towards the front of the board, which meant that for him, when he was doing a heel side turn, his front arm naturally stayed to the toe side rather than the heel side. So he wasn't opening up his shoulders. And so all um, all of that came from his placement of his front foot at 90 degrees. And, um, and so I told him, you know, Hey, change the angle of your front foot. That'll open up your hips a bit, which you'll turn and open up your shoulders. And it'll enable you to, um, you know, use that front arm in the correct manner. Because when he, when he was doing that heels, heelside turn, most of the time he would, start, you know, he would be following his front arm. But if there was a little bump or something in in the wave as he's doing his turn or as he's as he's trying to do it, then his arm would naturally come up to the toe side rather than go to the heel side. So he'd get he'd get halfway through a turn and 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 his arm's going the opposite way than it, that it should. And that all stemmed from the front foot being at ninety.
0: Interesting. What do you think about folks who it seemed like at the beginning, you know, when I started getting into this a year ago, I used to see a lot of folks who would have almost a staggered stance with their heel side, like the, if they're with their front foot being heel side from the stringer and their yeah. and their back foot a little bit over their toe side. Um yeah. Where do you think that stance is coming from? Do you think there's any advantages to it? I, I noticed that most of the surfers that I follow and that I'm modeling technique from, maybe because of self-selection, because it's how I do it, have their feet on the stringer. But what do you think about the other foot technique?
1: Well, if you think about it, Nat, Nat um, Young does it as a short boarder. Has his front foot on the heel side of his board. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's not, you know, specific to surfing. Uh, I mean, to foiling. Um, I mean, it's got to harm your toe side turn. Um, and when I say that Nat Young does it, he does it on his backhand. So, when he's on a, a, a right hander, he's a goofy footer. So, when he's on a right hander, you look at his front foot it'll be really close to the right- hand rail and there's been a bunch of surfers over years he's just the one that uh, that comes to mind and obviously as a surfer who's um, who's on a wave that you know isn't going to change direction on him <laughs> he's on his backhand he knows that um, he can he can come off the top easier and he's not having to um, necessarily until he gets to a, a cutback so a tow rail cutback, um, he's not having to worry about how much weight he can put on that um, that left hand rail, um, but uh, look, as as foilers where we're, where where in the most part the board is is flatter, um, you probably you know most guys probably aren't going to have uh, too much technique, but if they really want to push their surfing, I think that that they would. Uh, move uh, their foot a little closer uh, to the to the middle. I know that my front foot is uh, I'm a goofy footer, a little bit right of center. But my toes, if if you were if you if I had a center line drawn, I reckon I'd have uh, like my foot wouldn't be right in the middle, but my, my, at least two or three toes would be over the over that side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't consciously put it there, but that's where I you know, obviously we all look down and see where our foot is so that you know, so that for future reference we know where they are. Um and yeah, so I know that mine is a little bit right a little bit right of center, but it definitely goes over the center stringer.
0: Okay. You know, I recently um I haven't tested a bunch of boards in the last uh I don't know, month and a half or so and, and one of them I just put a deck pad on the tail that did not have the arch bar and I almost always have an arch bar on my boards and it was really interesting how difficult it was for me and now on a surfboard I ride you know mid-length boards I ride boards all the time with no tail pad and it does not bother me at all I can feel where I'm at pretty easily on a on a surfboard um and and maybe it's not quite as sensitive, but on the foil, especially when I was approaching, like pumping back out, approaching an oncoming section, because I moved my foot from a forward pumping position back to the tail to do that connection turn, without having that reference point of knowing where I was, it was very difficult to really trust coming into that turn because if you're off by a half of an inch, the whole turn's gonna be different. it was just really interesting to feel how much I rely on those tactile, um, you know, references for, for foot position and how important it is. Front foot though is pretty easy. It's like you get your front foot moneyed when you pop up and then I rarely move it. Um, it's it's a, I try very hard. Sometimes I've started moving my feet closer together. Uh, in which case, I'll, to to get that really narrow stance, I have to move my front foot back. So I'm starting to do that a little bit more, but um, yeah, the back foot yeah. feeling lost and, was tough.
1: Why in particular? Yeah, I I agree with the um, with the back arch. I I love a good back arch. I, when for a while we um, when we didn't have the amount of equipment that we now have, uh, I was sharing uh, a board with my old toe partner. And uh he's got really flat feet and um we had we had this deck grip on it and he didn't like how much um how much of a an arch it had. So he got he got the, the razor out and um and like <laughs> took the knot top. And uh I was spewing as in because it was like, oh I don't have the feel under my you know exactly where my back foot is now. Um, cause and, yeah, I, I, I like that too. Um, uh, I, I, I find that it, 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 quickly centers it. You don't have to think about it. You know where it is. Um, and yeah, so, and right. as I said, I wouldn't put an arch on the front foot because my, because my arch would, my foot would then want to be further over to my toe side than, than I actually put it naturally.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I think the back foot. I was just thinking about this while while you're talking there, and I feel like the front foot, because you've got the majority of your weight on your front foot, you know exactly where it is, and you know how the foil's responding to that weighting. But the back foot, you know, you're pumping, and and for for the majority of the time, you're not that heavily weighted on the on the back foot until you're going into that turn, and so that's why it's a surprise if it's off, because you're not you're not relying on it the same way. Um, Something no, else
1: I you. I just got a message from yeah. the guy that that I uh, that I said that I gave him some tips on um on on his front foot, mm-hmm. and he said uh, uh, I tried tried turning my foot in the surf and um yesterday and it felt much better. Thanks. Cool. Uh, Very cool. So, yeah. Hey, you the, said
0: um, you said that you want. Uh, do you have anything else on this? Because you also wanted to talk uh, toe technique because we we had that conversation the first time you we were on the show, but. Um, you said you had some new thoughts on it.
1: Oh, it was just we got a bit tied up in confusion of which 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 way we were talking and what we were doing and yeah and 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 also um you had mentioned that uh that for you guys you had found that the it was best to be out the back towing in towards the waves from you know being beyond the waves, have the surfer um obviously um on their preferred side and then tow them in so that they could uh like for a natural footer for example, you would um or you would prefer to pull them onto a right hand breaking wave and they could just peel away and uh, away from the ski or the boat. You could pull off the back on the boat and they can then ride the wave. Right. Um at the time I was getting confused because I was in my head going through the way the way we do it. Um, rather than the way you would do it when you're when you're learning, or because right. we have the luxury of all, let's see, all of our reef breaks that we tow are, are either peaks or have deep water off the side of the break. Um, so we're not, you know, we're not in a beach um, situation where. Could be waves anywhere, uh, and so uh, what I was talking about at the time, or in my head going through, was the fact that we're pulling back out, uh, and so say, say we're pulling back out on 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 a peak, but uh, so we can go either either side of the peak, and also there's there's distance between the end of the wave and the beach, for in the most part, um, so you know, we can, we can choose which way around the peak we're going to go. Um, cause we don't, you know, we're not riding it into the beach. Um, <clears throat> and so most of the time as we're pulling out and you see a wave coming, you're wanting to whip that person in to that wave on the way out rather than going out, sitting down below, waiting for a wave to come. And as the best thing about, um, toe foiling, as opposed to toe surfing, toe surfing, obviously you need a wave. And you need to wait for what potentially is going to be the biggest and/or best wave in the spot that we foiled. Some of the waves that look the best out the back, because of the nature of it, uh, it's it's one of those cross wave situations where we call it the gathering. But um, you've got you if there's if there's two swells in in the ocean at all, this place will really pick both. Um, both directions up, and so and the way that the the, uh, the reef is, um, it 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 highlights both the directions, and then it just draws itself into the reef, and and peaks the swells up, um, and it gathers into a, a nice little A-frame for us, um, and so when we're when we're towing out, um, you know, you're always looking for wave. Uh, when you were tow surfing, you had to go out the back, wait for the wave, on the most part, you know, you're waiting for the set. On the on the foil, because of the nature of these crossways that we have, you can ca- catch a wave out the back, you'll think it's a bomb set, looked unreal, but then it didn't gather. Whereas some of the smaller ones will be the ones that gather the best and give you the best long, longevity of ride. So in some ways, it's just a lucky dip. And so on the most part, we'll just tow somebody into it. If there's a, if there's a a peak coming, a wave coming, well, on the way out, we'll we'll tow them into that rather than go out the back and then wait. Um, you know, either sit around and wait for a swell and then and then pull in. And so, <clears throat> what I was talking about was uh, that whip, and the difference in in the way you've got to approach that whip from, depending on whether the guy's a goofy footer or a natural footer. And so, for example, if I'm on the left-hand side of the break as I'm going out to sea, and it doesn't matter which way the guy's gonna eventually go on this peak, but if if I've got a natural footer on the back, then as I come out, I'm heading out to sea, I'm just gonna whip that guy in. And I'm gonna whip him in. If you look at any of the Lost Boys Foil Club Videos, you will see guys just going at waves from 100 meters away because we can just, we'll just, we'll just, you know, turn and whip the guy in and he'll just fly off the back and, you know, either pump or just glide into the wave um, from 50, 60 meters away. That does two things. It means that the ski's not going to put any weight anywhere near that, you know, where the person wants to be riding. Um, but it gives you that, that, um, uh, that same experience that, that you get when you do a two-footer um, right. and uh, you're, you're approaching that wave from a long distance and so like I said if you're, if you're uh, going out on the left-hand side and you're on the left-hand side of the peak or the wave and you've got a natural footer on the back you're just going to whip him in, just like you know, turn, take a tight arc turn, speed up, take a tight arc turn, and whip that guy into that section. For the guy on who's the goofy footer, you can't do that. Um, so you've either got to do one of two things. You've either got to try and turn um, turn the board to the right uh, and take the guy over towards where the wave is, and then and then basically the ski rider himself. Goes straight over the back of the of the the wave, and and lets the guy then get get into the wave. The problem with doing that <clears throat> with a goofy footer, if you're if he's on the right hand side of the ski, if you're taking a right hand turn as the driver, on a goofy footer, then you've got to speed up. Otherwise, the rope will go slack. He will lose his speed and he'll either, you know, die because he's got no speed left. Um, and he, he won't be able to turn quickly enough to get that way. Um, and so, whenever you're, doing, whenever you're doing a turn, doesn't matter whether it's goofy or natural, but whenever you're doing a turn in the direction of where the, um, the guy behind you is towing, that so the goofy footers, in the most part, are going to be on the right-hand side, and vice versa for natural footers. If you're turning to the right with a goofy footer, you've got to speed up, so that because you've tightened the turn, you've got to speed up to keep him up and out of the water um, comfortably. Anyway, you guys don't here, you but,
0: you guys don't cross the wake much to uh to tow in. We do a lot of uh so a a lot of our tow ins now are similar to what you just said to where we're just running the boat back out from the pickup point and the rider will just drop rope and basically pump. Now we're we're on much smaller surf than you guys are towing. We're about, I mean, biggest days that we've had here to tow are maybe a foot overhead. So most of the time it's, you know, waist to chest high, maybe a head high set here and there. But so we're not on the small gear probably that you guys are riding. We're on the, you know, the 1400 or the gofoil 140, stuff like that. Um, but then the rider just drops on the way back out and basically just does it like you're connecting. Um,
1: yeah. Now can I just s- give you the solution that I was going to mention? Sure. For the, me. So the solution um, is that instead of with your goofy footer on the back, you're on the left-hand side of the brake, instead of trying to take a right turn and take the guy over to where the wave is and then let him catch it, you actually turn left mm-hmm. and, and do a, a a left hand. You come around to the left. That puts the um, the goofy footer on a whip. So in this situation, you've actually got to slow down to allow the guy to whip around you. But then, he, so he will he will then do a full two seventy degree turn mm. around the ski, and then and then you will then whip him on uh, in much the same manner that you were talking about when you're coming from behind the wave. So he can then come in. On his um, heel, on his toe side, uh, looking at the wave, and he can then catch it and then either go right or left. Doesn't matter, but uh, that that will allow the goofy footer in this situation to uh, come at that wave with speed, um, rather than have to come off. If you're coming, you know, if he goes off the um, the the right hand side. Gotcha. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um... Our last day out there, we had an epic tow day last week, and I also had my sketchiest moment on the boat, probably on any boat that I've ever had. We got basically caught inside trying to get my buddy up and thought we had more time and then my boat's not very strong and it didn't pop them up right away. So it was taking a little while. And by the time I realized that we were going to get closed out on, I was telling him to drop the rope. The communication took a second, finally drops the rope and we go to make the Like I, I realize I'm not going to get up over this wave. It's probably chest high. Soft, not super solid. You know, it's a toe wave, but a bigger, a bigger wave and not going to make it over. So I start to make the turn and it's just so slow about halfway through it. It's basically like I'm hitting the lip now. And I realized that this whole thing is probably going to end terribly. And it's me and my son in the boat and I'm like, Damo bail!" So my son just yards, it yeets it right out the side. And I'm like, just praying that the rope doesn't catch him somehow. And, yeah. and it did, and it was fine. He, I, he was pretty clear of it. It shouldn't have, but then I basically hit the lip in the rib and had to surf it out. I was, I was sitting like basically on the motor trying to keep the nose up because it was such a steep drop. Um, the wave broke into the boat, put about eight inches of water, which helped because it helped when the wave kind of broke into the boat It pushed the nose up, right. uh, uh, the bow up of the boat and then got that all steadied. My buddies, my other friends on the inside watching the whole thing like thinking I was about to die And, uh, then, then it doubled up and I had to roll over another double up. And then we kind of went into deeper water and it it was all okay. I bailed the boat for 10 minutes. (laughs) It was so gnarly, man.
1: Um, That's, that's, uh, you, things can go south pretty quickly on a boat in the surf, can't it? Yeah. I remember one, one time I was, uh, I, uh, (laughs) towed, I towed my partner into a, a wave. This was, um, three foil days, so it was toe uh, toes surfing. It was probably, I don't know, it wasn't that big, maybe 15, 15 feet, 20 feet in, in in uh, let's call it, in wave face. <laughs> I don't know why anybody talks about the back of the wave because until foiling came along, I've never surfed the back of a wave in my life. Um, so, but anyway, it's 15, 20 foot in new speak, not old speak. It was maybe, you know, 10 feet in, in old speak. And um, I've towed my partner in, and he's doing his thing, and I'm watching him. And I, I just got clipped um, uh, by the wave, it, but it knocked it knocked me off, and it didn't catch the ski or anything. But I'm off in the water. I've have swum back up, and like because I'm um, I've been pushed off my you know it's pulled the safety, and so the ski's not running. Um, and so there's a way, there's a fricking set coming. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I've, swung out, I've jumped on and didn't have time to, you know, reconnect the safety lanyard and get the thing started. And so I've just freaking caught, you know, this bomb set and I'm, I'm hanging on. I wasn't even on the, um, on the seat yet. I just um, scrambled up the, uh, the, the sled and so I'm hanging onto the, the the grip on the back of the, the three seater ski, and the thing hits me. Luckily, we we're pointing vaguely towards you know at right at, towards the beach, not really the beach, but at, at right angles to the wave, and it's just grabbed us, thrown us up, and I'm just doing the bronco ride on the back of this thing, and. Uh, we didn't roll, thankfully, and we just just—I've just been taken in. And as I said before, the place where we do it—it it, it ends up in deeper water. So it was uh, the full bronco ride, but um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, things catch up pretty quickly, definitely on a uh, on a boat in the ocean.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we we actually had a, a like a little post um, talk about that uh, post mortem and we've changed the way that we'll do some stuff we won't try to pull people up quickly you know anymore we'll drag them out um
1: that's good that that what you're just talking about there is before the cast we you know talked about a couple of things that we might mention and that brings up one of the things that we were talking about just last week um in that session that uh that uh, is posted up there now with James and and Tom. Tom gets a nice little little one in 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 that, and I've got some other footage that I've got to look through and see if there's something else uh, worth posting. But um, we were riding a super small um, kite foil. Uh, it's 50 54, so 545 millimeters wide. So I don't know that, what that is in your speak, but let's say it's going to be it's going to be uh, twelve about twenty inches wide. Mm-hmm. Um, so not very wide, uh, not very big, and it's got a small cord as well. So it's a tiny wing. Um, and as you know, and I don't know if other people know, I'm the fat bloke from the from the, the Lost Boys Foil Club, the fat ball bloke. Um, bloke. So I'm Karen, probably two forty uh, pounds, 108 kilos in our speak. Um, but so I'm carrying a bit and the problem was trying to get the thing. Well, also I was riding Matt's, um, tow board, which is three foot six and only, uh, I think it's probably about 18 liters. Um, so when I was getting up on that, it wasn't pushing back enough uh, much to get me up and out of the water. Matt's ski which is the one we had out there was not there's something wrong with it i think there's something wrong with the impeller or something because the engine sounds fine but it's just lacking that grunt of the um off the mark and so it was it, it was taking a long time for me to get up and when i say taking a long time for me to get up normally um, you know, the guy says, Go. We, we do deep water starts. So that means that we'll, we'll be just standing on our boards. Um, when the rope gets uh, taut, and we spoke about this last time, I'm a goofy footer. So, Matt, you know, I'll say, Go. Um, whoever's driving will start pulling me out and start a right hand turn so that I will uh, get out of the weight quickly. And I will come up within two or three meters and um, and come straight up onto the onto the wing uh, on the boards that we ride. Uh, they're too short to come up. You know, a lot of people want to come up onto the board and then come up onto the wing because there's such small boards. We have to come straight up onto the wing. Now, because we had because this the the um, combination of really small board, really small wing, and the fact that Matt's ski wasn't running. As powerfully as it should, it was taking me 20 to 30 metres to pull up out of the water, and I would be halfway under the water. So that the ski, uh, the, the board, might be half a metre underwater. So normally, as I said, it might take two or three metres, and there's no drag. We don't do like a water skier when they come up out of, you know, out of the water, they're dragging. So, you know, they have to drag, they don't have a, a, something to lift them until they've got momentum uh, and there's some planing happening on the ski. So they're actually having a drag out. We never drag out, we just, we're just popping up. And I just happened to see, um, there's a good footage that Lad just posted. So by the time this comes out, for anybody who wanted to look, uh, it might be a week, uh, you know, it might be five or six uh, uh, posts to go because led doesn't do that many. Uh, but it's of um, a little session that he had which looked like maybe two or three times overhead, nice classy conditions, and he was just being Laird. legend. And and you actually, you've seen it because I saw a post. Somebody said, oh, you know, he should do a uh, thing for the, uh, for progression project. Um, and you said that uh, <laughs> the invitation's open any time. <laughs> And so, but on that video, uh, you see how easily lead gets up, uh, pulls up, and out of the water. And and that's the way we do it. Um, but I'm, but it, but it's a really good close up um, for anybody who wants to look uh, and get an idea of what I'm talking about, or, or get some tips. Uh, it has a really good close-up in that of, of lead coming up and out of the water, and and uh, I didn't look at it with um, technique eyes on, but I'm sure lead's got good technique. So have a look at that if you're wanting to know how to do it. Um, and so you know it was going from two to three meters to pull up out of the water to thirty meters, and wow. half of that time, half of that time, I'm half buried underwater, so fully dragging, and then and then because of that. I, w- I also wasn't out – I wasn't able to be out of the wake. And Matt's got a really short um, short rope. It's probably only about five or six metres. And so I had to not only pull up out of the water really hard, and that was a real chore, but then once I got up, I was up in the wake. Um, and as we all know, anything with, um, you know, um, aerated water, you're getting that um, – uh, uh, difference in in lift, and so it's a bit of a struggle sometimes uh, when you're in the wake uh, of of just you know uh, managing it. But yeah, so I was literally, um, you know, for every one wave I was getting, it was taking me two or three attempts to get up for 30 metres <laughs> of this wow. thing. Two days later, I couldn't walk. My back was just gone. <laughs> God.
0: How are you doing now? Uh,
1: uh, yeah, I gave, it, I gave it a few days uh, of not getting in the water, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, uh, it's still a bit tense, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I, can, I can get back out there now. But uh, yeah, that, uh, so guys, uh, make sure you, you can power up to, to get out of the water quickly. Don't be toned out the back there for too long.
0: So how did that wing feel, though, once you were up on it? Did you like that smaller surface area profile?
1: Uh, once I was up, yeah, it was, um, I was a bit disappointed in myself. Um, and you know, whenever you got the Messiah there, it's a bit hard not to be. Um, cause he's, like I said before, he was just banging those turns out, full bottom turns and top turns on, you know, double overhead waves. And, uh, you know, I was even, even still with a, a wing that small, I was feeling the need to, um. To, to nurse it a little bit. Um, I did – I don't know where it went. I tried to – there is a, a shot of me somewhere or a bit of me somewhere that I was going to post, but uh, it didn't actually transfer to my phone, so I'm going to have to find it. Tom's got it. Um, but, yeah, it was – was that but, ridiculous and so the other day interestingly enough we we're with uh, tom's got the watch and it told him this was on a much smaller day uh and it said i don't know what he was doing speeds he was doing on that day but he was doing 39 k's which i think is probably about 26 miles an hour
0: yeah it's solid
1: he's doing 39 k's on the smaller day i reckon he would have been doing going way far and way faster on this day he was easily 45 maybe 50 50 k's Oof. and so yeah you're moving quickly and so like I say um I don't know if I'm being overly critical on myself that I wasn't doing the doing what um what uh James was doing but uh like I said before you know if, if you got the professor out there and you want to get school uh you know take advantage of the fact that you've got him there and and uh, and do some learning. I, I love I love I love going out with people who are better than me. You know, it's there's nothing better than being able to see directly and compare directly uh, what you're doing with uh, what, in my opinion, one of the best in the world can do. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's great going out with James.
0: I I agree. You know, <clears throat> you've mentioned Tom there a couple times too. I would I've had so many requests to get him on the show. I, I hope that one day that he would consider doing it. That would be really fun to be able to talk to him.
1: Well, I spoke to him about it the other day and I tried to get him on, on this one. And look, I can't talk for Tom because Tom's Tom. I think he'd be happy to do it, but Tom's a busy man and getting, oh, yeah. and, and getting him to do it as in finding a time, uh, might be your problem. But, uh, I think, I think Tom will enjoy it. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll have another word to him.
0: <laughs> um, Maybe anybody Tom. who's listening to this who would love to hear Tom on the show, maybe just tag him a bunch, hype, hype it up a little bit. Hopefully that'll help a little bit.
1: <laughs> Tom, in the last little bit of time, has is really, really uh, come on. Uh, I don't know if anybody, if you want to go back into the annals of, of, um, of uh, Lost Boys Foil Club uh, history, like go back to some of the beginning uh, uh, footage, footage there's a uh, there's a there's a video of Tom it was uh, he'd only he'd only been doing it for a short period. and um, I, I said dad, you know like a going down video of you and he said yeah no worries and so like this video of him just like boom 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 he's just like just finding holes all over the show um and then finally he gets one. And that was only uh, January of last year. So he's only been doing it, a, I don't know. He'd had a few sessions in Hawaii before this. So I'm not sure how much prior to that. So in the last year, he's gone from boom, boom on pretty much every wave to really ripping. And uh, he's now hooked up with Armstrong foils, And he's <laughs> he's a kid in a candy store because he's got, like, they've, they've hooked him up with freaking everything. You know, he's got... Three masts. He's got fifty thousand front wings and a whole, <laughs> bunch, whole bunch of back wings, and you know, like he's just—it's it, just all there. And I think his only problem at the moment is—is is trying to work out, uh, you know, a try to ride it all, you know, with all the various combinations that he's got available to him, and then b work out which of those combinations is going to work out in which in which conditions. Um, You know, so for example, the last time I went out with him, um, the one that I posted yesterday, uh, I think, was with the 1065 um, front wing. Yeah. Uh, But he used the 1200 front wing on our session that we did just the other day. I haven't posted any yet. I will be. Um, But And he was going, oh, you know, I had too much wing. I should have, you know, had something else. And uh, as anybody who's got – you know, more than one or two options would know. You always should have brought the other the, <laughs> other, the other mast or the other this, the other that. It's 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 one of those things. And so until you get it dialed, uh, your equipment it, it that becomes a problem. But yeah, Tom is Tom is definitely ripping. He's uh, he's he's got that uh, got that uh, that Tom Carroll style that he brings to the. Um, the exercise and it it looks really nice
0: yeah it's killing it um well that's about the amount of time that i've got right now what do you want to leave folks with paul
1: um just that every every session is best ever yep always come out with a smile and you know enjoy the road just quickly can i just say something about and, and I don't want to get controversial and for some people, for some reason, my comment is going to be and I don't understand that. Um, I listened to your discussion with Jason and uh, you got onto a quick little conversation about, you know, straps, no straps um, and, you know, the, the, the fact that in Hawaii apparently there's a little bit of, you know, of stuff going on with that. I can only say that all those discussions about, you know, whether one way is good or one way is bad, that's all, that's all about comparing. And as blokes, you know, you want to be the freaking alpha male, you want to be the best kid on the block and all that sort of stuff. And I get that. And so for some, they're saying, well, you can't be the best on the block if you've got straps because that's cheating. And then the strap people are going, but what I'm doing is better than what you're doing, so I'm better. Guys, chill out. It's about enjoying the ride. If you want to ride with straps, unreal. And you're doing, and the guys with straps are freaking doing turns that guys without straps can't. If you if you're a guy who doesn't ride straps, you're ripping. I don't ride straps. I haven't ridden any with straps. Well, funny. Here's a funny quick story on the on the strap thing. Um, Adrian, when he came over, Adrian Roper from um, Axis Foils, when he came over, he bought a strap board, a board with straps on it, and and I and he. And we were talking about it, and, and he said, "I'll oh, have a go." And I said, "Yeah, I'm not so fast on the idea of straps. You know, I'm an old bloke. I don't want to be doing aerials. You know, that's not for me. That was, you know, young people do the aerials. So I'll just ride the board. I get on it first wave aerial. I didn't make, I didn't make it. But it was like, it was like, oh, okay. That's why these guys are doing those aerials. Because you know, I just got this section. It came up in front of me, and I thought." I could really hit that, and and you know, and so yeah. Look, just enjoy the ride, and that's the great thing about foiling. We can all enjoy the ride, and you can enjoy the ride on multiple guys on the same wave. It's just freaking awesome fun. Keep up the stoke, keep up the enjoyment, and enjoy the ride, guys.
0: And folks can follow you at uh, the Lost Boys Foil Club, is the the foil club, and then what's your personal. Instagram.
1: just at, P- at PB foil, but to be honest, I don't post much on there. I, I do the occasional one, but that that's sort of just more, you know. My here's some pictures of some sunrises, or here's my family, or whatever. But yeah, so pretty much look at the the Lost Boys Foil Club, <laughs> and uh, uh, like I said, in, in, enjoy it, folks, and best ever. Yeah, man, this was a fun show.
0: Thanks for coming back on PB. I appreciate it.